Welcome to the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast, where we help you go from making your work your life to making your life work. We share true stories, interviews, and experiences that will help you, the hero, in your quest for passion and purpose. Higher purpose, higher productivity. This is the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast. Purpose driven executives, those who are who are pushing towards productivity and purpose, the ones that uh, aren't just empty suits. Thank you so much for joining us. You are going to you're going to be really excited about the dude that I have on with us today. I, I met him a few years ago, um, just just in other other realms. It was another podcast, another another episode. You actually should listen to that one, too. Uh, but this guy is absolutely one of the most interesting leaders you're ever going to find. Uh, I call him the Tony Stark of Nashville. Um, uh, he kind of looks like him, but he's also really, uh, really techy and, and uh, highly, uh, you know, this, this dude's a brainiac. So I'm probably just going to hang up the mic and let him uh, talk the whole time because he, he's got so much to share. But welcome to the show, the, uh, the leader of... Uh, Gosh, Robert, I'm going to let you tell, you tell us about the companies, but this just welcome to the show, Robert Hartline. Robert, thanks for hanging out with us, man. That was an awesome introduction, Donnie. I really <laughs> appreciate that. It was, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to live up to that. So you guys, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, dude, uh, thank, thanks for having me on your show. I, I enjoyed the last time we got together for sure. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to have a little conversation. Man, I love it. So tell us, give us, give us a little bit of background um, in terms of uh, the multiple places where you have businesses. I'm really interested in your lifestyle too, because you live really kind of something, you've dared to do some things that maybe other people have thought about, but never taken action on. Um, man, give us a snapshot. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, um, uh, I live in Asheville, Tennessee. Um, my wife and I, we have uh, uh, two young boys. Uh, we spent half uh, half the year in Costa Rica uh, with them. Kind of this, uh, you know, fun travel lifestyle that uh, I've always been a big lover of of travel. And and uh, but you know we 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 get to enjoy uh, two different uh, lands to enjoy the people from. But um, you know, I started a business uh, twenty years ago, um, and this business has grown. Um, you know, uh, we have a chain of wireless retail stores and um, uh, I started a software company um, a few years ago. I actually started two. And then, and then right now I spend a majority of my time on a, um, on really, it's, 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 a, it's a, um, uh, a new way to think about your time. It's called shift your time. And it, the fundamentals are that I teach people how to move from your internal communication from email and phone to an app that's free in the marketplace. Anybody can download. It's called um, Marco Polo. It's a video walkie talkie app. And I teach organizations how to use that to not only cast your vision, to help inspire your team to getting things done through other people. And that's what leaders do. And um, I teach organizations how to do that and in an interesting way. Oh my gosh. All right. I love that. You've broken off a lot. We're, we're going we're gonna to dig into all of this, my friend. So uh, first off, you, 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 
you span a pretty, pretty large area. You don't just lead people like that's in, you know, they're in like a, like, I don't even know the, the, the mile radius uh, with which you operate, but we're talking about 60 different locations, over 400 employees that, with, with one company. Then we have the, you know, the, the, the technology companies and we have the, the, the training stuff. How do you keep all this stuff in order, man? Dude, I love creation. I mean, I love uh, imagination. I love uh, thinking about new ideas and new and new things. And uh, I'm a I'm a starter. I'm not a finisher. I, I start <laughs> things and then I hand them off. And uh, when I feel good about what I've built, I'll hand it to a new leader to lead and keep keep the engine going. I have have yet to make us to to try to sell what I've created. I love, I love building and growing and seeing where it will take us. And, um, you know, as I do business way differently, I, I don't believe in the office. I think the office is where good ideas and death happens to everyone. Yes. And, um, <laughs> so I don't, I, I'm not a meeting guy. I'm not a get in the car and commute guy. I'm a work in my basement. And inspire through video guy that's what I do and that's what I enjoy to do and I'm trying to really I'm on a mission to teach the business community that there is a better way to create health and wealth with their teams when they change the way they communicate you know Donnie 80% of a business leaders day is email and phone calls and that is an awful way to communicate but Robert, that's an addiction, brother. I mean, like, this isn't just like, we think it's the way it should be done. And we feel weird when it's not happening. So, so tell me, what is this? What is this other way, my friend? Well, so I mean, really, when you stop and think about it, I mean, the reason people get in their car and go to a traditional office space. Now, they started doing this in the 70s, right? And they went to the office because they needed in the office was typewriters. Mm hmm machines. IBM had a, had a room full of computers that they had to build a building around and they had to bring all these office workers to come uh, work on computers. And um, even though the computer now fits in the size in your pocket, um, the habits and strategies from the 70s have carried on to these older CEOs mm. and these positions that are doing business the way they're comfortable. And um, it's not their fault. Uh, but uh, what it's going to take is really driven um, uh, people in the organization to start reaching out to Mr. Smith and say, Mr. Smith, man, dude, this drive that I have every single day to come and work in this office and use a computer, which I have at home, um, is probably killing me. <laughs> no, I, I don't have time for eating healthy because I have a 40 minute commute each way. Yes. You know, I don't have time to have exercise and I don't have time to spend with my kids. And, you know, I like this place and you guys are wonderful people, but I believe I can get a lot more work done at home. And so now I will tell you, Donnie, you know this, not, not everyone's meant to work from home. Um, but um, I believe the future of work is absolutely going to be a, uh, a mix between working from home and then working from co-working facilities. Uh, but traditional offices, I think, um, are more likely the cause of death mm. than anything um, that, the, uh, that the health department deems as a cause of death. No one says the office as 
the leading cause of death, but I believe it is so. Wow. Those are big claims, my man. I do know that uh, the time of, uh, of the most heart attack deaths in America, you know what day it is? Monday? Monday morning, Sunday night. Yep. Wow. It's that, it's that window. It is that and, window. And there's so many, yeah, it, it, you know, uh, but it, it, so, just, just like anything in technology, uh, it really takes many, many more years than it should. You know, when the telephone came, was, was created, and the whole purpose of the telephone was it was created to, to pass music along. And, um, and uh, once they figured out, well, well, I could talk to people and start communication, you think, oh, the telephone will be a, 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 an outstanding star. It'll be, it'll be um, you know, revolutionary and change the game overnight. It took like 50 years before it was even um, mainstream and even took even longer than that before um, it was just part of everyone's day-to-day -day life. So... Technology, I mean, as fast as we adopt new things, uh, there's, there's someone at the other end that's hanging on to the past and it's not going to move forward. Hey, thanks for being someone who is on this journey of purpose with me. And I am with you, my friend, and I've got something for you. Have you ever been moving towards purpose and sometimes it just looks like a big mess? Sure you have. We all have. And the reality is, is we're usually not going to get to a destination unless we have a roadmap. And that's exactly what I've created. If you will go to PurposeDrivenExecutive.com, you can get it for free. And this is the culmination of all of my studies, all of my coaching, all of even my own personal living. And I've created a very visual, very easy way for you to map out your purpose. This is for you. This is for people you're leading. This is for your family. Go on over right now, purposedrivenexecutive.com and get your free map of purpose. That is so true, my friend. So, so take me here. Like, I, I, like I'm thinking anytime you have something new, um, it's just like any business, right? The, there has to be an identified process. There has to be an identified mindset, right? There's almost like you have to retrain uh, to do those things because, and I'll, and I'll, you know, even use myself for a prime example, I get a lot more work done and I think I live life a whole lot better without the office. But I will say that there were some dangers, Robert, and this is uh, probably more to be taken up on the sell anywhere podcast, which I've got to have you on there too. <laughs> but um, you know, but there, but there were the dangers of man. I mean, I, I don't know if it's me, but I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you keep people engaged when no one's watching them? How do you um, help them to uh, really kind of be united for a common goal and uh, in, in a movement and, you know, how, how, do, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm addicted to a, a book that was written in 1910 called The Science of Getting Rich. And um, hmm. uh, what we do as, as leaders is, um, you know, when the fundamental lessons in the book is using your will on others does not work. It does not work. I tell you to do something, Donnie. <laughs> Say, hey, do, do this, Donnie. Right? You know, good effort just, not doing it. Yes. Just barking orders, right? Yeah. It doesn't work. What works, though, is inspiring you 
through casting vision uh, is what creates um, leaders and um, creates followers for the leader is casting that vision in such a way that helps you completely understand why you are doing what you're doing. People working for you want to know the why and you cannot explain it in an email. You cannot explain it on a phone call, but when you get me on video, and I have an idea or I have a, a goal to hit and I'm going to talk about and high five my team and get them excited about it. I do it in Marco Polo. It's a, it's a video walkie talkie app that anybody could download. It's free to use. Um, um, and um, uh, the best way to spark inspiration is to be there. Like if you could be there in person, yeah, that would be idea ideal. Mm. But I can't you know in my world i cannot um go and drive to a store and efficiently give an attaboy to somebody that deserves it but i can do it on video and i can do it in front of their friend their co-workers and i can do it in such a way to give them a drug you know what that drug is donnie tell me the endorphins that you get when you've done something right and someone recognizes it, it releases dopamine in your brain. Dopamine is the do it again gene. Mm. The do it again mm. hormone, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when, when Donnie, you had a kick-ass day yesterday, you closed that big-ass deal and you're, you feel good about it, but you know how you're going to feel great about it? When you are recognized in front of others and your coworkers, it releases dopamine and that that release is a drug and your body's going to go oh god that feels so good this drug is so good and when that wears out you're going to be like well shit i got to get my other fix right <laughs> i need my other fix so good leaders are drug dealers right oh They're drug dealers i got to give you that dopamine rush to get on your path to get to the next hit and um, listen, um, you deserve to be recognized for doing good. And um, yeah, a phone call thanking someone for their efforts is good, but it's not efficient to get everyone to see it because you want others to see that because others will want to also get that. That's why yes. I tell people all the time, if you have someone on your team that's just the loser on your team, how would you motivate a loser? How would you motivate a loser? It's a, it's a simple question that all leaders have. And I tell people all the time. Reward the winner. Well, well, you can do that in front of them, but there's another way you can do it. How do you be, how do you start as a drug dealer? How does a drug dealer get customers? They give their first uh, hit for free, right? And that the, yeah. golly, so not that I know this, Robert, but. Yeah, yeah there you go. You don't need. But, but you know the fundamentals, and the fundamentals are you find a weak loser. Maybe it's a loser in your team that you perceive as a loser. Maybe they're winner disguised as a loser. I don't know. But imagine for a moment you took that person that wasn't performing, and you found something that they were doing good. Maybe they just ironed their shirt, and you just acknowledge that. You can give them a sample. And when they start winning and you give them bigger samples and bigger samples, bigger samples of it, suddenly they're in this, what I call the success engine, right? In order to get success to start, you got to have a spark and you got to have the gas. You got to have a carburetor throwing oxygen. And if you do those things 
and you get that engine started, once they have a taste of success, they want more and more and more. And suddenly they, they're like, oh, I don't know why I'm winning these days. Well, mm. and you know, but leadership is deciding where to give the drugs. And wow. once you've dis discovered this thing, I mean, I, I believe that everyone is willing to change if they have the right spark. Some of us, um, some of us takes a different spark and it doesn't work for some people. But um, I always, before we, before we get rid of somebody, I, I want to see if I can get them sparked into action before I have to go out and find somebody new. But um, it's, it's, it's strategy that does absolutely work. Robert, this is, this is so powerful. So the people listening to this, I mean, gosh, the things that, uh, that, that we have done to create incentive programs, right? We're giving away the latest Apple device. We're, uh, you know, we, we, have, we have trips, we have uh, all of these things. And, and those things are important and they should still be used strategically. But let's not miss the, the absolute best way to, to really incent people and, and it's free. Right, it just takes a little bit of time and effort in noticing, and, and what you're talking about is a power of praise, right? The the being the drug dealer, I've never heard it that way. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but what can you do? What what can you do? Like, do, let me ask you a question, Robert. Do you actually like? I'm sure some of this comes naturally, but over the years, have you actually come up with little, almost ways to create that moment where you know you can get a spark here or a spark there? Like, have you? Um, almost created a, like a storyline or a, a plot where you can actually kind of kick that into action? Well, you know, it, you have to, uh, you know, a, a lot of it has to do with um, if you have the right positive mindset and if you think positive thoughts about your team, let's say you just have, let's just say hypothetically, you have people that work for you that are, are weak. If you think they are weak, they are going to be weak. Mm. If you think they are strong, they will be strong. If your mindset is positive and you just assume the best, even from your worst, and you look for opportunities where they shine, acknowledge that and be supportive of that. And uh, sometimes we often uh, think uh, to ourselves that um, – that uh, uh, the workday is, is not influenced by outside forces, but that's not true. They have lives. And just because um, someone is maybe a weak employee, they may assume that uh, they want to be weak or don't want to try, but you don't know what their life is like beyond the four walls that, um, that you go into every day. And everyone has their own challenges. And um, listen, um, uh, people never quit the company. They always quit the boss. So true. And, um, yeah. you know, it's so, you know, what I think it's so funny, all this stuff that's going on with Google. And there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on with Google employees. But if you look at it on the outside, you go, here's a company. They have free food from gourmet chefs. They have beer on tap. They have Everything that an employee would need at work, they have from massage to fitness to tennis, you name all these things that they give a Google employee. Google employee still whining about working at Google. 
I mean, it's like you would be, you almost could say they're recognized as the top place to work, but there's still people quitting Google every single day because they're <laughs> quitting the boss. They're not quitting Google. Um, it's the boss that matters. And uh, being, being a, you know, being a leader is not a skill set that you don't come out of the womb and you're like, you're suddenly this amazing leader. Um, you got to screw up a whole lot first and understand that the way you get things done through other people is not your will. Mm. It's inspiration. As long as you focus on inspiration, people are going to follow you. They'll follow you all over the world. Robert, you hit on a few things there, man. And I'm, I'm like, uh, like I'm literally on page four of my notes because, um, I might, I might, you know, people quote, uh, Mark Twain and Steve Jobs. I'm probably going to have like a string of at least a month of uh, Robert Hartline quotes going on here. <laughs> but um, the uh, but a couple of the things that you said that really um, struck a chord with me is like that that first thing was like looking, like looking for strength, and and the fact that our brains are actually kind of hardwired in a way to uh, to prove ourselves right. Like oh, I thought this to be true, and so it's like you look for evidence of that to be true, and 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 when you say that you release that almost um, for your team, this is this is a format of this is love, man. I mean, oh, it, it, I mean, right? it is, and and I, I you know, I, I deal with I deal with um, lots of leaders in my organization every single day, and one of the things I often tell them is that um, when you see your team, when they walk in the door. I want you to think of yourself as a mommy or a daddy. And I want you to think that you love this person regardless of, of their actions. And if you are focused on loving them, you love them. Like literally, this is your child. And no matter, no matter what they do, you're just going to love them. And so what I always tell them is like when you see your employee the first, when, when, they, when they walk in the door, what you are watching, you're looking at them and, look, and analyzing their body language. Are their shoulders up? Is their face facing forward? Is it facing down? Do they have a hunch on their back? Are they walking like they are dragging a 50-pound dumbbell? If you see the body language of someone who's dragging some baggage with them, it's your job to look them in the eye and just say, how's it going? Tell me what's going on. How are you doing today? The engaged conversation that you get with someone and, and mm. helping them know that, you know what, they may have something they want to talk about. I mean, Donnie, you know this. What happens when you sit down with your wife and let's say you've had a tough day or a big challenge? How do you feel when you unload on her with some challenges you have at work? Gosh, man, Robert, I, I, I feel like that, um, that all of us feel like we're more bonded to someone when we have a chance to share, right? We feel, we feel more loved, more liked, and, and we actually like that person more in turn. At least that's, that's how I'm perceiving it. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, uh, we have a value statement at my company called I Care. It's actually spelled I Cur because we're from the South, right? And so we have these, uh, we have these uh, core values and I care is a feeling that I must create with my team. I must have my team understand that I care about you. And if they feel that you care, they will jump over all kinds of struggles and challenges to stay working with you because you may in fact, as a leader, be their family may be the only person that actually cares about them. 
and uh, having that ability to um, to uh, make sure people understand that you care about them and just go through the niceties of the day, just asking questions, you know, being able to have some release. Like when you talk to your wife and you talked about a tough day, just releasing that out of your brain just takes that bottled up energy, lets it blow it out in a safe place. You're, you know, having a conversation about a tough day with your wife is the safest place to unload that. Where it's not safe is talking about an employee with another employee, right? I can't believe Donnie. What a butthole. Wait, can you believe what he said? Blah, 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 blah. Like, what does that do to the team when I talk about someone on the team? It doesn't help the team. It's something I call you're not being adaptable. Listen, I never talk about my teammates with other teammates um, in a negative way. That's not sunshine and rainbows. We, we carry a philosophy here that everything is great. If there's a challenge with somebody, I'm going to talk to you privately, but I'm not going to talk about you behind your back. Mm. Um, and uh, so there's lots of, lots of things to, uh, to learn about leadership that I, I feel like I know 1% of leadership. <laughs> but uh, and I do want to ask you a little bit of, about how you light the torches of the other leaders because as you said earlier right it is it's not about um, you know getting things done it's about getting things done through other people and um, and, 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 and maybe maybe twist into that too like I've, I've coached people through this I've seen it <laughs> it's an ugly side like have you been in an organization Robert what does it do when when let's just say you're a leader and you're either willing to put up with um, gossip, we'll just call it gossip, just, you know, just, just to maybe give it a label, right? Someone talking about someone else when they're not present, um, or uh, you do it yourself. Maybe you even join in in the jibes, you know, and like, oh yeah, like, you know, like that Bob, he never really works hard or whatever. Have you seen that? What does that, what does that yeah. do? And, 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 and you, like, give me, give me, give me what you're experiencing instead. Well, you know, um, um, Cy Wakeman, is someone I do follow, and and she she uh, talks a lot about this, and um, she calls it uh, the the driving around the BMW, and this happens in lots of organizations. Let's say change happens in an organization, and uh, Susie is the you know just use Susie for a moment. Change happens, and Susie, she's like, I can't believe they're doing this. This is awful. Diane, did you hear what they just did? Diane, I, this is just irrational. I cannot believe this place. It's been downhill since Timmy left. And then Susie goes to Barbara. Barbara, can you believe? And next thing you know, Susie comes to you and goes, Donnie, you know, the girls and I have been talking. And uh, we really feel like this is a uh, really bad, um, bad decision from you guys. And essentially what Susie has done is she hopped into her BMW bitching, whining, and moaning. And she comes to you in this, <laughs> picked up all her girlfriends and this everyone is, in the office. This is a real situation too, by the way, only the names have been changed to protect the innocent, but yeah, it's just, yes. And it, but you know, she's, um, this it, is so true, but the, the, the solution is to solve the ego because the ego is the one that's complaining. The mm. ego is insecurity and fear. 
And uh, the best way to, to help as a leader is when you recognize this, is to ask um, the people driving the BMW to take a little bit of self-reflection. Walk into the mirror and ask yourself, how am I a solution to this issue or the problem in the issue? And as long as people can be real with themselves, and it's a tough thing, and go, you know what, am I the problem? And, um, and that driving around in this BMW doesn't help the organization. Uh, it'll make you feel good uh, mm -hmm. to relent and to complain. And, and there, hey, we've all done this, right? We've all been in the situation where um, you, you, you want to uh, commiserate with your problems with other people and feel like it actually is part of being in a tribe. You know, talk about your problems and everybody and be on the same page and things like that. But as long as you recognize and have your team recognize that it's your ego that's, that's doing this and uh, that self-reflection is probably the first step into uh, changing that behavior because at the end of the day, that BMW driving around eventually is going to run somebody over and they're not going to be part of your organization again. Uh, and um, it's not healthy. Mm. And, um, the healthy organization is listening and, you know, problems happen. And I think having core values for me is important because I have the adaptability core value. The adaptability means, look, listen, <laughs> shit's going to happen. I just don't know when. And when it happens, we're going to deal with it in this way uh, that's uh, out of love and we care mm. about the team and we want, we want to move forward mm. and change happens. It is what it is. And we're going to, we want adaptable people. If you're not adaptable, I tell people in interviews all the time, if, if you're not an adaptable person and you want to do the same thing over and over and over, this is not a healthy place for you. Mm. That's powerful, right? We have to choose the lens uh, wherewith which we interpret what's happening around us. Um, and then also have like, I, I, I feel like you are, you're a man of processes, Robert Hartline that uh, right you it's like hey when this happens not like if this happens when this happens I already have a plan I kind of I know where we're going um, with this one and I have I have one particular uh, type of uh, if when then type of uh, uh, action I want to ask you about um, in a moment um, well let's just go and get to it right now man let me ask you a question you you find someone that doesn't belong in the tribe their skill sets their beliefs whatever man bad hire bad decision how do you move them along in a way that's best for everyone that actually um, in, in, in feels good, right? I think, I think so many of us are afraid to fire and, um, and really, you know, I'm holding up air quotes, help people transition to the next phase of life. How do you do that? Uh, well, you know, Donnie, uh, you have been amazing here. And uh, I don't honestly know what it would be like to not have you here in the organization, but starting Monday, we're going to try it out. <laughs> that would be a terrible thing to do, Donnie. <laughs> no, but, uh, but, uh, but it is, it, it is what happens. I mean, um, there's a lot of organization, you know, the, some of the people that do drive those BMWs are the most valuable people in the organization. And um, they're the most passionate about everything in the company. They, they in fact, may be the hardest working. 
And um, uh, often uh, people don't realize the action they take. And, um, and uh, sometimes I've had this conversation with people and I'll say uh, something like, Donnie, I, I wanna ask you a question. What if I told you that um, uh, the, over the last week, everything that you had said or done was recorded on a video and I created a movie of, of your style of work for the last, uh, last week. And- um, Wait, you can do that? Because you probably could. <laughs> All right, yeah. And let me ask you a question, Donnie. If you were to sit down and watch that movie, would you be proud of the way you acted in the last week? And, um, and uh, self-reflection is a hard pill to swallow for everyone because we always think the best of ourselves. And, um, and sometimes people uh, start thinking that um, if, I see through th if I see things through another lens, um, some people that are able to do this and like empathize and see through the eyes of others sometimes that realization is kind of eye-opening and scary and it sometimes a little bit painful but uh it can change people's lives to realize that you know what i'm not the the universe does not revolve around robert harbaugh and uh listen i i i've i've had to take some serious pills um with my own team with uh things that i've said or done that it, it hurt to hear how it affected people and so we are all humans and we all deserve um, a second chance to get better at what we do. But, um, you know, it, it uh, you, know, you know, everyone has a different journey in life and people are in different stages and their chapters aren't, aren't to where your chapter is maybe. And, and they haven't gotten an opportunity to have maybe the same life experience. And that's what typically has, you know, happens when you have, uh, um, uh, younger people joining an organization that don't have the level of experience that others do. And it's our jobs to help educate and, and show them and help them become wise. Right. I love that, man. It's like, uh, like what I'm hearing is like someone saying like, I'm not my brother's keeper, but what you're saying is no, I can, I can take the responsibility a little bit for you. I, I am, I'll help you. And this is a figuring it out thing. And if we figure out that you're not a fit, that's okay too. Right. I'm, we don't always have to force fit things in one area or another. Do you ever um, in, in your organizations, have you ever uh, repurposed uh, an employee? So in other words, you're not a fit here, but golly, I can really see the skill set being better over here. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's, you know, a, 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 a good manager is going to take your resources and put that resource to work in the right way. And, you know, I've had people that have worked in my organization that, uh, that I had moved around in lots of different positions and eventually I just, I couldn't get it to work. You know, I had someone that cared. I mean, that's really what you want. You know, when you're working with people, um, you, you, you know, it's, it's a, there's three things that, that matter. Skills, knowledge. I can teach skills. I can give you knowledge. And then your drive. And if your drive is good, meaning you're driven, you're hungry, you care, um, I can work with anybody who cares. 
Um, I can, I can literally, I can take anybody who cares and I can work with them and I can teach them the skills to deal with some of the challenges with inner office politics or all that other stuff. But if you don't care, I can't work with you. If you don't care, there's nothing I can do. I, I don't have a magic wand to, I've never, never, never been able to find someone who didn't care that I was able to make them care. Um, and hmm. And if, if, you, if you have someone who cares, you can teach them skills and knowledge. You can work with them. And sometimes, though, they may not work out, and you'll figure it out. But um, for the most part, you got to have that structure. you got to have someone, number one, that has the fundamentals. The, they got to care about it. they gotta have, you got to be driven. It's really the same thing. Dude, right on, man. I've got like, so there's, there's, there's this balance of something that I'm, that I'm seeing here. And I want, I want, um, I want, I want to hear your ap approach to this. So there's this, there's this idea, right. Of, of, um, of leading and inspiring through love, right. There's, there's that part. There's the other side of it that is like, we've got to have a process that is replicatable. It's duplicatable. It's scalable. Right. And um, in, in, so I guess I'm going I'm to ask this maybe as one question. First off, how do you manufacture that love and that care? Because you can't be in all places at all times. You're not Santa Claus. Um, so there's, there's that. And, I, and I'm hearing some technology. I'm hearing some, you know, some, of, some of those things. How can you manufacture that, first off? And then the other one is, is, is what are the things that have made uh, you and your businesses uh, the most scalable? Yeah, I mean, so there's lots of questions there. Uh, let me let me go through. Uh, so I, I would I would have to say number one, um, you authenticity is very important. It's really hard to fake you care. And you know, I use a I use an app called Marco Polo. And in fact, I teach a I have an online course uh, called Shift Your Time, and I teach organizations how to move their internal communication to Marco Polo. It's a video walkie-talkie. It's a free app. Anybody can download it. Um, and that's a video app. I can't get on video with people and be unauthentic because it's going to shine through. It's, I'm yeah. not, I'm not an actor. You know, I can't fake, I cannot fake happiness and joy and excitement. I have to be authentic because I am excited when I'm excited and I'm, I'm frustrated when I'm frustrated. Um, so, uh, you got to care enough about what you do and be proud of what you do and enjoy what you do to be authentic. If you're in a business that you're not uh, happy with or you're, you don't enjoy it and you're, uh, and you're having to find yourself trying to manufacture excitement or, um, um, or good attaboys uh, to people that deserve it, if you're having to manufacture from an um, unauthentic place, you're certainly in the wrong business and you certainly need to make a major career move as soon as possible for you, but more importantly, for the humans that you interact with every single day. Hmm. So, um, so that's probably, um, it's probably the best, you know, way to, to handle that. I mean, to me, um, you, you can, uh, I mean, gosh, you, you think about, uh, creating how do these cult leaders, there's a lot of, lot to learn about cult leaders, right. And how they inspire people. Um, and, um, there's lessons, good lessons, right. Um, and obviously hmm. a cult leader is not a good thing, but, uh, the strategies that someone does to create uh, a, an allegiance or a following really yeah. has to start with the way they communicate. And that's, that's what it boils down to. 
leaders, um, and, I, and I'm a firm believer that the person you're talking to me now and the person you talk to the same man uh, when I was 34, my leadership and communication skills were not at the level they are today. And it's something that we all can learn. So the beauty of communication is you can get better at it. With enough practice, you can mold the skill to be a very powerful superpower that everyone uh, has the ability to capture if you decide to learn it. Um, uh, just in the last two years, using video, um, in recording video of me, uh, I've probably done thousands and thousands of videos in Marco Polo that's accelerated my communication style, whereas before, I wouldn't do it, I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't uh, communicate it. I would try to do it in email or try to do it face-to-face, -face, but face-to-face, -face, my friend, uh, feet on the street is not scalable. I only got two legs. I don't have a private jet yet. <laughs> so true, yeah. I can't be at many, many places at once, and I don't believe in driving everywhere. And so ultimately, uh, if you want to scale, you got to scale your inspirational message to many, many people. And, and a way to do that is using a, using a tool like Marco Polo. Now there's, there's other types of apps that are very similar, but I just haven't found anything that is as quality as that app to, to do what I do. But um, absolutely. If your audience haven't taken a moment to go and download Marco Polo and just practice with a friend and practice with a partner uh, get used to using it. You, you're going to see that, you know, one of the funniest things that I, my clients that I've, I've gotten their companies and literally changed their lives as a result of this app. One of the things that often happens, they'll call me and go, you know, what's crazy is, yeah, it's really helped our team. We communicate better. We're getting a lot more done. We've got sparked some great ideas as a result. They go, but you know what's most amazing is the relationship with my wife is so much better. Huh. And I, I totally agree. I don't like talking on the phone. And, but um, sharing with my wife when I'm traveling and sharing what the boys are doing um, is so meaningful and uh, creates such a huge bond because face-to-face -face, uh, communication in a channel like, like what you can do with Marco Polo is incredible for enhancing any relationship not just work but any relationship so so agree with you robert um there's okay what one question i have for you on that i've, I've worked with people i'm sure you you may have had encountered this resistance a lot of people right they have that fear of video right they're afraid of what they look like or what they sound like and um and and so there's that like what would you what would you tell someone who's on the edge well, it, it's, it's like, a, it's, it's like de dealing, with an ob dealing with an objection, right? You can just go to feel, felt, found. Yes. Donnie, I totally understand video would be, uh, I would be, I was just as apprehensive to using video to communicate with my coworkers. And I, I dude, I really struggled at first because, you know, you're doing video, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure you look right. You got your hair combed and you got your clothes on and, it's a little bit of extra work to make sure you have uh, the right message. But what I found was, is my message is never confused. Like if you read an email from me and you do a Marco Polo with me, I am much more clear about what I'm trying to get across by using my face and my body language in my voice. And I'm able to communicate in such a way that leaves 
without any doubt what I meant. And once you realize the power of video, it's going to enhance your life in a tremendous way. And it's going to add a tremendous amount of value. I've calculated for my own team that I create an extra 50 hours of productivity every single month as a result of using Marco Polo. And how do you get all those hours? Well, for one, my team doesn't drive into an office every single day. Um, so you take commuting out of the equation. The time in which to write an email and then deal with the consequences of a poorly written email, you take that time away. The time away of pulling issues out of your meetings because issues create the bulk of meetings. And I do all my issue resolution through Marco Polo with Marco Polo groups and people that the issue relates to. How often do you be sat in a meeting with 10 people and they're talking about an issue that involves two people? Mm -hmm. It's a tremendous waste of time and energy and resources. And by eliminating the distractions of phone calls, a phone call will take anyone out of a state of flow and it takes an average of 25 minutes to get back into a state of flow. So when you, when you tally up all the extra hours of productivity that you give your team, it is a, it's a game changer. It feels uncomfortable at first. And some people I'll tell people, well, if you don't feel great on video yet, the app has the ability to have filters. You can have a black and white filter. You can have a fuzzy filter. So let's say you're a female and your makeup's messy. You don't want to, you don't want to look um, like you're uncapped. You can change your filters and, and have the same end. <laughs> so, okay. uh, but it's just, it's just like anything. And that's why I started this business is, uh, is I'm teaching this. I'm teaching that, that, that there is a way uh, it's a skill set that we all must, we, you know, Talking to other humans is something we're all, we do every single day. Adding video is just a record button. It, 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 it's no different than me walking up to you, Donnie, and, and greeting you and having a conversation. I mean, uh, people get a little freaked out about video, but uh, once you overcome the apprehension and see the value, it's, you're going to say, well, why have I been doing it this way all these years? Yeah. Yeah. Second nature is much more efficient. It's kind of like, why would you walk into a building instead of using the phone just to kind of put it in the context of, you know, people who are still maybe in the, uh, like that sales executive, uh, role. So, um, man, such good stuff there, Robert, such good stuff. And I know our time is coming to an end, but I really wanted to, um, actually open the door for, um, for something that you've actually done to help, um, you, you basically solved a problem, not just for yourself, but for others. And um, I don't normally, you know, do this, but man, I, I really just like what you got going on with call proof. And, and, um, and if you could just share a little bit of, of the why and what that actually solves, uh, I'd love to open up the floor for you on that one, because I like, yeah, just the, the whole hiring thing and the whole, you know, just the productivity, the accountability thing. Um, man, just, just run with that one. Yeah. So I started a company uh, a few years ago uh, called call proof and it's an app for outside salespeople. And uh, really uh, it was a, uh, it was a need that I needed to, to solve for myself. And that was you hire people, you train people, you put them out in the field. And if you have a longer sales cycle, sometimes you don't discover that uh, a rep wasn't really working until you've let them go. 
And uh, so I came up with this concept is what if you had an app that um, didn't take a lot of interactions and you would, you would know the number of face-to-face uh, -face meetings they had every single day, the number of calls they made, how many emails they did. And if you had a way to see that without the salesperson having to do a lot of effort in terms of like reporting like you would traditionally with a CRM like Salesforce, where you have to input a bunch of stuff, if you just input it, if you just had the ability to capture data. And um, so I built an app that basically takes your call history and throws it into the cloud, matches it with known clients and prospects. And you're gonna um, know with our tool whether your salesperson's making those, those, those calls, making those face-to-face -face visits. And what CallProof does is it allows you to efficiently um, capture um, this uh, activity from salespeople. So you know and have some comfort that your sales team is out there um, uh, making the, the prospecting that you need to survive. I mean, often, uh, listen, it's an activity-based uh, uh, system in sales. You, you have to efficiently go out and um, uh, make sure that um, you're doing the work that, that's gonna result in sales, meaning, you got to go out and beat the streets or knock on doors to get your sale. And, and uh, if it's an outside sales position, that's what typically has to happen. So, you know, what, um, uh, what I teach my team is uh, when you hire someone, you know, really make sure that you test them before you hire them. And testing means you um, give them a challenge. So if their core role is going to be out uh, knocking on doors. Yeah, this is nuts. I love, I love this. Yeah, if they're going to be out there knocking on doors, don't train them for three months and then put them out in the field, you know? And that's what a lot of organizations do. They, they hire somebody who's a great guy, great interview, you know, great resume. You train them on your products and services and how to sell it. And then uh, 90 days later, they hadn't sold anything. And you're like, hey, what's up? And then, and then you're pushing them to do their Salesforce calls or enter their, you know, stuff in CRM. and and um, ultimately they don't end up working out and often you'll hear this conversation you're here oh donnie man you know you guys have been so great here and training me how to do this and you know man i've been talking to my wife i just don't think sales is for me i just don't like to do it and it's like well geez i would have loved to known that before we spent uh three months of salary on you yeah that that big <laughs> sucking that big sucking noise is uh it's your company's revenues uh going down that drain right yeah and and the reality is is uh, you know what, what i teach people is like if, if you have a type of sales role where they are, are having to you know talk to strangers all day you got to figure out if they can talk to strangers and I don't care if they're talking to strangers with marbles in their mouth. As long as they're, they're willing to talk to strangers, I will hire them. <laughs> but um, talking to strangers is not meant for everyone. Hmm. And um, so test them first. You know, bring them into the office. Pay them double salary for a whole week to go out and talk to strangers and bring you back business cards. See their work ethic first. <clears throat> Once they have proven they have work ethic, then you can train them. Then you know you probably have hired the right person. Talk, yeah, talk to me a little bit about the flashlight, right? Uh, in, in, in terms of what um, really, what we all really need and what we're not seeing maybe in the process. So I love that. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's, it's a hard so, first you know, step, what, yeah. 
Yeah, one of the things that I, that uh, often I'll do when when we hire uh, when we hire a uh, I'm sorry when a when a team hires us to come in and provide the solution. If I'm training a team of ten people, often we will have uh, two people within those first two weeks of using our service that will quit or get fired. <clears throat> and really, it's the reason. It, it's it's like for a moment you have a, a, a sales team and you guys are pretty much sales management and owners are kind of in the dark. You know, if you have a long sales cycle, you, you may, you may, it may be acceptable to wait 90 or even a year for a sale to close, but ultimately the, the leadership is in the dark. And when they, when they come in and join call proof, I'm like handing the owner a flashlight. He turns on the flashlight and he waves it around the room and he can instantly see the activity. And when he sees the activity, he can automatically make some business decisions based on that. If, if you hired Johnny and Johnny hasn't sold anything, but Johnny also hasn't made any phone calls to drive traffic and get traffic. If he hasn't talked to any strangers, if he hasn't uh, emailed anyone, then what is he doing? <laughs> I mean, how are these sales going to happen? And so, you know, Again, true story, <laughs> right? Yes. And, and, and um, the, what, I, what I love about it is I love the aha moment that I get with owners all the time when they go, oh my gosh, I can hire more people now. I can, you know, they, they can think in terms of scale at that point because now they don't have to worry about whether or not the team is doing the work. They will know and they know the results will come through their actual work. Mm. And I mean, and that's, that's what this whole thing is about, right? Uh, if, if you're not, if you're not scalable, why are you building a business? And some of you guys out there, you've stopped building because you had a bad experience, you know, five years ago or a year ago or whatever with exactly what Robert is talking about. So, uh, but, but that's not why we're here. Like we, we are meant to, we are meant to spread out, you know, to, to conquer, you know, to multiply. And, um, I mean, if, if you're not increasing your influence, why not? Why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Robert, this has been really, really rich time with you, man. Just some really solid practical um, experience that you, you've given to us. Uh, I, I love like, so much of it, um, but really the whole idea of, um, you know, the, the, I guess like the, the, really that intention of love and serving others, wearing efficiency and wearing technology and really breaking past, um, you know, maybe some of the, uh, the containers that were established back in the 70s and creating something that is um, is reproducible and it, it's been good stuff we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have links for both of, uh, of what you've talked about um, here today the shift your time and call proof that is going to be in the notes and for those of you who, who feel like you need um, you know a, a shot in the arm or you feel like you need to connect with Robert we're gonna have his email in the uh, in the show notes as well uh, Robert, any any parting thoughts, um, you know, just to executives, maybe, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, of of working with the intention of living life now and uh, and being on purpose uh, with what they're doing now, man. Any any final parting, encouraging words? Yeah, I mean, life is short. I mean, why not be the best of what you do? And that may mean you have to do a little time and energy spent learning, and obviously your audience is out there listening. They're learning, they're engaged. They want to get better. We should all wish to get better. 
uh, and really live uh, an amazing life. Love it. There it is. Whatever you are, be a good one, right? According to Robert Hartline and Abraham Lincoln. And uh, man, thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Robert. Uh, we'll catch you on the other side, brother. <laughs>